on the line. It is good to be with you. You are live on air. No, Pastor Mark. Hi there. How are you doing? John speaking. John, it's good Pastor to have you with us this morning. I, yeah, I just need your advice, please, man. Sure. You know, we stay next to neighbors. They are Christians. And then we stay next to each other. But, you know, I am 81 and my wife is 78. Now, they got two dogs. And the one dog makes a terrible noise. I've spoken to them and I've seen them SMSs. But they just, used to, they just seem to ignore it. Now, I don't want to, you know, as a Christian, as a Christian, I don't want to uh, do still report them and all that, because it's going to cause a little bit of friction. So, you know, we, we have tried our best to ignore this noise, but it just go on and especially at night. We can't sleep. What What is the best advice can you give me? Well, John, that is such a practical question. Um, I am going to ask Isaac if he can kick us <laughs> off, just so that he gives me a little bit of time to think about it. But, John, you are welcome to listen on air if you uh, would prefer. Okay. Uh, if you would like. Okay, I'll listen. And and I'm I'll just going to I'm going to ask one point of clarification, John. Um, do the does your neighbour go to the same church as you? No. Oh, okay. No, that no. that that's helpful. So John, uh, listen live on air, and uh, and God willing, we can bring okay. some thank, biblical thank worldview to such thank, a practical question. Yeah. And uh, maybe let me so just. Much, oh, it's, it's a pleasure, I, I, John. Uh, it's a pleasure, John, and I'll give you a little bit of time uh, to put your radio on by repeating the question so that listeners can hear it clearly. John um, has uh, neighbours who profess to be Christian. Uh, Vusi, I think you need to just uh, turn that uh, sound down. Thanks. Um, John has neighbors who profess to be Christian. Those neighbors have dogs who profess to be noisy. <laughs> Keep them up late at night. I've got neighbors like that. Well, I guess we all have dogs in the neighborhood. We live in South Africa. Um, but as a Christian, John himself, how should he engage in this issue? He doesn't want to have too much friction. Um, should he report them? Is there another way to go about this? Isaac, what are your initial thoughts as you think through this? Well, um, I think that you know the uh, the, the first step, uh, as he maybe has tried to do, is try to uh, speak with with the neighbor. Um, and, you know, try to um, resolve things uh, cordially in in that sense. Um, I know that in our church, one actually one of our members uh, ha, had just gone through something similar. Uh, so maybe if I can borrow from uh, from what the testimony of of one of our members was, uh, unfortunately um, things were not progressing, and um, it got to a, a stage where where she she just basically said to the neighbor, "Listen, I'm going to have to take." further actions um, and in a sense they they kind of ended up in court now I, th- I don't think that should be the the primary um, you know way where uh, but if it ends up uh, going there uh, still maintaining your 
uh, godly manner without any any threat or uh, without escalating but very cordially and um, and being honest speaking uh, regarding this problem with your neighbor I think uh, you should yeah try to resolve things in that manner first before trying to take action but I don't think uh, you would be sinning uh, if you were to if things didn't uh, got resolved accordingly in taking further actions yeah so uh, thanks Isaac thanks for the thanks for opening the account that's uh, brave of you look I mean this is this is yeah. the this is the very practical realities that we face right mm, as right. Christians we live in a world and that yeah. world is a little bit messed up yeah. and uh, so we live in the midst of the mess and we've got to yeah. figure out mm. how to glorify God even as we go about living our lives mm. um, Paul yeah. um, and I'm thinking of the book of Romans here Paul uh, is like the most theological of all the apostles. May, I mean, you've got mm. the Apostle John and uh, the Gospel of John, which is a, mm. an incredibly theological apostle, uh, 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 a gospel. But Paul himself was was a Pharisee. He mm. was trained under one of the greatest Pharisees of all times, Gamaliel. Um, he knew theology. He spends mm. the first 11 chapters of the Book of Romans just with absolute deep Theology. Uh, he's talking about justification and sanctification and glorification and a little bit of election and all <laughs> kinds of uh, incredible theologies. The assurance of salvation, eternal security. Just he, he, he kind of like uh, just creates this this incredible diamond for mm. the first eleven chapters of Romans, mm. and then bam, mm. he goes straight from the the most incredible theologies into a chapter which is incredibly practical and he starts off with this mm. this the the practicalities by saying listen yeah it's not just about what you know or what you believe you need to live your life to god's praise and glory he says it in this way i, I appeal to you therefore brothers based on all of this theology for the first 11 chapters chapter 12 verse 1 i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God this is your spiritual worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind mm. that by testing you may discern what the will of God is what is the will of God when your neighbor's dogs bark <laughs> far too much what is good and acceptable and perfect now you mm. might think well what do all of these incredible um, theologies how do they get brought to bear in terms of practical life living the practical Christian life well it's so interesting because for the rest of the book of Romans for the next four chapters Paul is just very practical in terms of what the Christian life looks like how to live with people who rub you the wrong way how to live with people that believe different things to you and even how to live with a neighbor that you are really struggling with and um, the first verse that came to mind um, when I thought of uh, this particular issue um, comes from Romans chapter 12 and in Romans chapter 12 verse 18 we're given this very practical advice by Paul if possible so far as it depends on you mm. live peaceably with all now that's in the context of just a whole lot of imperatives a whole lot of commands a whole lot of things that we are to do as we live out our Christian faith 
before a watching world. But one of the things that we are to do is as far as it is possible, we are to live peaceably with all people. And so, John, I would say my first advice would be if it is at all possible, resolve this issue in gentle communication Mm. with your neighbor and if necessary be a little bit like that persistent widow who knocked on the Mm. door of the judge so often that eventually the judge was almost forced and compelled by her very consistency and persistency to do something about uh, what she was asking it might be necessary to go back to your neighbor a a number of times uh, a number of times but as far as you are able your desire is to pursue peace you need this issue resolved you want the neighbor to resolve this issue in a way which you know saves the dog and saves your relationship and brings glory to God because you're both professing Christians uh, and you both want a result that is good for both of you however if your neighbor refuses to take your calls refuses to answer your door refuses to engage with you in ways which uh, allow you to reach a peaceable solution um, uh, you might need to take it to the next level now the next level if you were in the context of a local church would be to take somebody with you and go and visit your neighbor and pursue uh, the grievance together with one or two witnesses and um, because ultimately if they still didn't listen to those one or two witnesses you, you would then be forced to take it to the church um, because that's how if your mm. brother has sinned against you you want to resolve it you want to resolve it in ways that ultimately bring restoration of relationship um, and ways that mm. glorify God however if you're not in the same church the reality is this is a civil problem not necessarily an ecclesial problem let mm. me tell you what I mean by this this isn't a church issue uh, you one of you goes to a mm. Presbyterian church the other goes to a Methodist church I don't know which church either of you go to but the the bottom line is you're not going to be able to resolve this by having the elders sit down with you and talk to your neighbor and talk to you and find an amicable solution and so this is not an ecclesial problem it's not a church problem this is really a civil problem and it might be necessary for you to reach out to the civil authorities um, and talk to them in terms of a violation of a um, of a code a code violation in terms of however um, those are dealt with within the context of your um, of your uh, wherever you live whether it be I think you live in a Cape Town municipality if I remember correctly John but wherever you stay you might have to reach out to the uh, to the civil uh, um, to a civil organization I do see um, uh, I do see that uh, Eagles does point out a very practical passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 it says actually then it is already a defeat for you uh, that you have lawsuits with one another why not rather be wronged why not rather be defrauded and you 100% right um, uh, Eagles that is a, a very very practical um, a passage that certainly would apply if they're in the same if they're in the same church. Um, so that was written to believers within the context of the Corinthian church. Corinth being a city, the church of Corinth um, being whom that letter was written to, uh, and it certainly wasn't right that they were defrauding one another, that they were um, that they were uh, uh, um, having these legal matters between one another. It was an embarrassment, an indictment mm. on the Christian witness that they were taking one another to court. Um, and I, I, I think that you are right. And as far as 
as is possible. Uh, we should live uh, peaceably with one another. However, within the context of Corinth, it was very clear that there was church discipline that was available to the members mm. of that local church. Mm. Mm. Um, we read about that both in 1 Corinthians, where somebody who had uh, who was in unrepentant sin was put out of the church, and we read about that again in 2 Corinthians, where um, the majority was able to bring that person back into church because they had clearly come to uh, come to repentance and Paul was saying don't be too onerous uh, in terms of the way that you deal with this person um, and so within the context of the Corinthian church there was church discipline um, that Paul was advocating for in other words engaging with one another um, and sorting this out when there's two when there's two believers that are not in the same church this can't be dealt with ecclesically although you would expect believers to be yeah. able to yeah. pursue um, relationship and restoration between one another however if that is uh, an absolutely impossible and can't be availed um, then as far as possible be at peace with one another um, and if that is not possible uh, you certainly do have a civil claim because this is a civil issue mm. uh, any thoughts on that Isaac? Yeah, I think that that is a helpful way to, to think about things I, I think sometimes we as Christians uh, uh, are very you know scared uh, or uh, to go to to the law side of things because and yeah we we know that uh the kingdom uh, just kingdom is not of this world right and mm. but um i think uh paul in in acts chapter uh, 25 for example it's just an example of him using the uh, uh legal systems of that time to pro- protect himself uh paul answered i'm now uh, standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried I have not done any wrong to the Jews as you yourself know very well if however I am guilty of doing anything deserving death I do not refuse to die but if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true no one has the right to hand me over to them I appeal to Caesar and so um, I think that we we ought to be clear in our thinking and, and differentiations of uh, whether it is, uh, as you put it, an ecclesiastical issue. Um, and we ought to be l- striving to live in peace with, with uh, ev- everyone. But we are also citizens of, of this world. And if need be, it is not wrong to appeal to those of course there's also yeah. the, a practical reality that not everyone who claims the name Christ is actually a Christian and so that when you true. engage with a person that says that they're <clears throat> Christian yes you take their profession um, and you engage with them on Christian principles pursuing peace and um, trusting that the Holy Spirit is in both of you um, and uh, and that God is going to be glorified uh, in an issue and that you are brothers and sisters in Christ however if it becomes apparent that this is getting nowhere <laughs> that, that it might be that there's a profession here, sure. but there isn't an actual application, yeah. a, a conversion here. Um, then, then there are other mechanisms that a person can put into play. One last point, because Eagles made it um, via WhatsApp about five minutes ago, and I think it is an mm. incredibly valid yeah. um, uh, uh, just injunction, John. 
that you can think of as you go through this, and that is pray about it. Yeah. Um, there is power in prayer, and that, that is true. And so yeah. w- whatever decision that you come to, and even before you come to a decision, do make sure that you set aside time for prayer, um, uh, that you might be guided by the Holy Spirit, and you might glorify Him in all things. I like the question, John. Thank you so mm. much for asking it. Thank you for calling mm. in to studio and asking the question. And I like the interca- the interaction, Eagles. Uh, thank you very much for pointing us to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In- appreciated that engagement and interaction. I have got a second question that I'm going to pose to Isaac, and we're going to think through this together. Even as I do, you might very well have a question that you want to ask, and you are standing on the outside, and you're just wondering, how can I ask my question? Well, this is how you can join in the conversation this morning. You can phone into studio. You can you can phone in and speak to us live on air like John just did. The advantage of that is we get to ask clarifying questions like I just did to John mm. um, and engage a little bit with you the studio line is write this down now 012-883-2090 let me repeat that 012-883-2090 and Vusi is standing by to take your call the second mechanism that you might want to use and that is WhatsApp like Teresa did earlier in the show and Eagles did uh, just moments ago uh, that's using our WhatsApp line the WhatsApp line is 082 657 2729 let me repeat that 082 657 2729 both of those numbers by the way I have put into the show notes on the Facebook stream and uh, maybe just to say if you are on Facebook you can just jot a question down into the comments below the stream I will see that in studio and we will be able to respond to you timelessly second question Isaac are you ready brother <laughs> I'll try I'll try my best <laughs> how, how do I know if I'm called into missions how do I know if I'm called into missions? Where, where does a person get started? Uh, how does call work? How did you know that you were called sure. to be a pastor? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I, I think that... Um, um, so, let, I think there are different things that, that can confirm that call, you yes. know. Um, uh, and uh, a passage comes to mind, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to remember now the the... Uh, the exact reference but in in the local church uh, the, the Bible speaks of um, in the middle of the congregation God saying to the congregation set me Paul and Barnabas apart Acts chapter 13 Acts Verse chapter 13 three. thank you thank <laughs> you Mark and, and so this is um, kind of a recognition of of the body uh, of Christ recognizing a call in uh, in your life so and I think that um, that often uh, is is one of the ways that you can uh, be assured that God has has called you so um, people well, in the church confirming that kind of, you know just uh, as as you're serving and as you are um, Ministering, people recognize, hey, there is something different about uh, about this. I think God is calling you to to do something. Um, 
Yeah, you can, you ma- read ma- ma- maybe we can read that yeah. text just so that we have a, a Bible text open yeah. in front of us and we can start to think about these various different things. So in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, we read now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers that included Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them Mm. and sent them off. And so that would be the passage that uh, that you appeal to. And in mm. actual fact, you got the word call right there, right? Mm, mm. That the Holy Spirit had called Saul and Barnabas, mm. um, Paul and Barnabas, mm. uh, to a ministry, um, mm. that their ministry was ultimately to mm. them. Yeah. I think another example of um, God using his servants, uh, uh, um, his people to confirm a call is even in terms of... Um, and Ananias and Paul, God sends Ananias and says, "I yes. have called this man <laughs> to be my my witness." Um, and, and so I think this is it's a, is a good way if if you're feeling called uh, by God uh, to be asking uh, godly believers around you in your church community, uh, you know, have. Do they see? Uh, do they see any any confirmation? Of, well, of well hang on. Let, let, let me just let me just test you on this. Okay. Ananias was a was a a, a member of the um, church in Damascus, right? Mm. Um, so that was at the conversion of Paul. Yes, yes. Um, he was a very specific. Um, right. Individual in that local church, mm-hmm. but yeah, in Acts chapter thirteen, it's it's really talking about the church leadership. They described as prophets and teachers, and then all of mm. a sudden, the Holy Spirit says mm. something. Yes, um, I love like, that. Like, like, <laughs> so I, I, I'm just I'm just sitting here and listening. Yeah. Um, today, um, yeah. do we wait for somebody to say God spoke to me and said that you are called for? For the mission field, or you are called um, for uh, the pastorate. H- how does it work today uh, in terms of that example? So, Mark, can I share with you my my personal? And I don't know how you're going to feel about that. <laughs> but go, go ahead and share. Uh, but but so this this is what happened to me. But this is is personal. So by no means I'm making this. Uh, uh, um you know this is what you should you should do so um this was in 2010 um i had come from brazil and and uh wasn't sure I, I wanted to become a soccer player as most brazilians <laughs> want to become. so but the I, plan was i, I play fifa with play my fi- son one once a day we have one game a day okay. it's kind of like our father son bonding nice. time nice. and i've noticed that yeah. he tends to like the spanish teams and the brazilian teams because yeah, they that <laughs> they have better scores yeah. on, the, on the fifa groups than That's the teams I, I tend to play yeah. everton yeah. and uh your oh, everton mm. clearly didn't have a a great year in 2013 which is the, 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 the year that I've got I've got a PlayStation 3 yeah. Um, yeah, so okay. I, I, I struggle against him yeah, a little brother. bit <laughs> he dribbles me basically you wanted to be yeah. a soccer player yeah and and so I, I'm in Valcom Free State and I'm uh, the plan was to maybe go to Bloemfontein to study like physical education uh, and um, 
And one one night, uh, I'd gone to service, and I came back from from this uh, service and feeling a, a strong desire and burning my heart uh, to go into the ministry, and specifically um, in just becoming. Uh, well, not there is a not that there is a a title such as worship pastor, but in the in that area of of music. And I, I told my parents, and like I asked them the question, like I know God calls people to uh, be pastors and missionaries, but what about you know ministry and music? <laughs> they say, well, God can can call uh, people for for different tasks, you know. Um, so that night I went and and I prayed about it, and um, I opened my Bible in in the devotion book that I was using. It was in First Peter four ten. Uh, each one should use whatever gift God has has given to them. And so I felt very strongly. Okay, God is speaking to me here in calling, but I was doubting. I was like, this is in my head. I'm I'm not I'm not sure this is true. So I kind of made a deal with God, you know, that Gideon type of deal. I don't know. It I don't recommend this. Throwing out a fleece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, which I don't I don't recommend but this is in my uh you know years ago. I don't know if I would have done the same this uh, if it was today. But um and I said I said to the Lord, Lord if you truly are calling me I would like you to confirm this through uh, my parents or one of my parents' mouth tomorrow. <laughs> so you got a specific person uh, in a specific time. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's one of my parents, and uh, they. Were, I spend the next day close to them, the entire day, <laughs> listening to every conversation they're <laughs> saying. And nothing. I, I even <laughs> felt sometimes like, ah, should I just throw something in there to just kind of test them? <laughs> and at the, almost towards the end of the evening, we did our family devotion time, and and my dad was closing prayer and say, and just in his prayer, he said, Lord, maybe you have ministry for Isaac. Uh, and he then I kind of just broke down. I'm sorry for doubting you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 so that was a very uh, uh, strong sense where I felt that the Lord was clearly speaking uh, uh, to me, and and there was you know Bible verse and, and confirmation. Uh, and so, but that's just my personal uh, story. Mm. And yeah, but that's uh, an example of today. In sure. A sense. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Isaac. Uh, and and maybe just to say that um, I, I think that when you put the various different passages in Scripture mm. together, you do get a comprehensive idea of how this call works into mm. ministry. The first thing that I would mm. say, and this is really important to note, is that all Christians to one degree or another, are called right. to serve. They're yeah. called to serve. Absolutely. And I find it so interesting that, that Paul and Barnabas, they weren't sitting with their feet up at the right. church in Antioch. Yeah. It turns out yeah. the chapter just before, yeah. they were working hard. For a mm. year, they had been teaching God's word in the city of Antioch. Mm. They were serving hard. And they were serving hard because there's a sense that all Christians are called yeah. to serve. Um, mm. 
by the time you get to chapter 13, Paul hasn't just been asked to come to Antioch in order to teach, but he's now been recognized as one of the leaders, one of the one of the, the recognized leaders um, of that church. But, but you hmm. find him in that leadership position um, serving, and he's serving hard. And, and I, I read uh, a, a great illustration um, uh, recently mm. that you know how it is easier to turn a ship that is already moving, even with a small rudder, mm. and it's easier to turn a car which is already on, especially if you have power steering. <laughs> it's easier to turn a car which is already on than it is to change a stationary car's direction or to change a ship's direction the mm. so too is spiritually true of us mm. who are serving in the local church mm. if you you are called if you are a believer to serve and you are to find a place of service in the local church and it doesn't surprise me that the yeah. people that God uses the people that God chooses to use yeah. invariably are the people yeah. who are serving conscientiously Absolutely. in local yeah. churches yeah. secondly um, as a second um, uh, point uh, and, and maybe just uh, for Vusi who is doing the technical today apparently my microphone is a little bit soft or a little bit uh, imbalanced in comparison to Isaac's who just might have a better voice no. than mine <laughs> um, but, but the second point is this that even as we are called to serve there is a distinction between um, being commissioned to serve and called to serve generally so mm. everybody is called to serve yeah. and you can read about that call to serve by the way in 1 Peter chapter 4 as each one has received a gift and yeah we're talking about spiritual gifts mm. that come from the Holy Spirit of God mm. use it to serve one another in other words yeah. everyone has a gift I don't know mm. what your gift is I have some semblance of an idea of what my gifts are. I even know mm. what, what your gifts are, Isaac. But mm. I, I don't know, listener, dear listener, what your gifts might be. But you have been, if you are in the Spirit, you have mm. been given a spiritual gift. Amen. You have to use it to serve one another. So, mm -hmm. so get to serving. That's the first point. But the second point is there does seem to be a distinction between those who are serving in the local church and those who mm. are commissioned to serve in the local church. Sure. Examples of that would be elders and deacons. Right. And, um, you know, Deacons are serving in a local church, but they're not serving the same way that everyone is serving in the local church. No, they have been recognized into an office of mm. service, a, a particular service within the context of a local church. Mm. And we can see that in 1 Timothy chapter 4. I turned there a little bit earlier, and now I'm just trying to find the place. Um, but it's that section where Paul is kind of reminding Timothy Timothy that he is to be a good servant. He is mm. to be a, a good servant in the city of Ephesus where he is presently serving and he reminds him of the gift that was inferred to him. Uh, in fact in verse 14 he says do not neglect the gift you have mm. which was given to you by prophecy mm. when the council of elders laid their hands on mm. you. In other words mm. For Timothy, there was a particular commissioning to do what he was doing in Ephesus by the council of elders who laid their hands on him. We see that in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3 as well. While the believers were worshiping, while they were praying, while they were fasting, it was very clear to them that the Holy Spirit mm. said, set apart mm. for me Barnabas and Saul. And they mm. responded to that that direction mm. of the Holy Spirit to mm. set aside Barnabas and Saul by laying their hands on them and sending them off. They were sure. commissioned to yeah. this work. Yeah. Maybe just to draw out. Friends, if you feel called 
to go into the mission field or you feel called to be a pastor or you feel called to do a particular act of service it would be wise if you speak to your pastor speak to Mm, your elders speak to your spiritual leaders about this because part of a ministry a, a, a valid ministry in a local mm. church part of that ministry is that those who lead those ministries need to be commissioned mm. um, to the execution of those ministries mm. at least that's what we see in both the book of uh, the epistle in terms of Timothy so that would be a, a book of teaching as well as a book of history a, a book that describes how the church did things and that's the book of Acts we see that in Paul and Barnabas's life we see that in Timothy's life and then Maybe to say the the way that I think that the that a call happens nowadays uh, is probably best illustrated in the passage that relates to elders in one Timothy chapter three and in one Timothy chapter three we read that if a if a man desires to be an elder he desires a noble task. Yeah. There's two words for desire in that passage. The first one uh, is an idea of internal combustion or compulsion, um, a, a feeling that that just like is is growing, a growing mm. sense of mm. urgency. And we're not told in in Acts chapter 13, by the way, that the prophets uh, heard an audible voice mm. um, of the Holy Spirit. They might have yeah. uh, I, certainly. I often those, wonder about that. Well, what? Yeah. How how do you work? The Holy Spirit said. <laughs> But, but we can wonder about that yeah. till the cows come home. The mm. reality is uh, what we do have is is that they interpreted. Either they did hear an audible voice, which mm. is possible because there mm-hmm. were prophets in the church. And mm-hmm. it might be that they weren't just forth-telling mm. prophets, mm-hmm. but that they were receiving direct revelation at this time mm-hmm. uh, in human history. And uh, Isaac's got a big smile on his face <laughs> as he's hearing me um, putting down the interpretation. So they might have heard an audible voice. Mm. It also might be that they that they were compelled. They had a right. combustion, and the interpretation of this, as they looked and they were in unity, the whole church was involved in praying and, and in fasting, fasting. Yeah. and and they interpreted um, this as set aside the two greatest leaders that you have in the Church of Antioch, set aside them for missions work, which, by the way. Paul had been explicitly called to on the road to Damascus Mm. at his conversion 13 years before. So it's not like Paul didn't receive an audible voice from Mm. the Holy Spirit saying, listen here, you will be my apostle to the Gentiles. You will take this message out to the nations. Mm. Um, But he hadn't acted on that for 13 years. Yeah, he was in the great city of Antioch in what becomes the greatest church uh, in the early church after the Jerusalem, the early Jerusalem church. Um, but at this stage, it's 13 years later, and he's not going to the Gentiles yet. He's about to get commissioned by the local church to go to the Gentiles to mm. do something that the Lord Jesus Christ had already audibly told him that mm. he was going to do. Um, but back to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Um, if a man desires, if he has this combustion inside of him, um, he desires, and that's he aspires, really. He reaches out and he grabs a noble task and I would say that those who feel called into pastorate those who feel called into the mission field those who feel called into particular acts of service within the local church or within the body of Christ that they should not just have a desire to do so internally but they should also have an aspiration
separation which results in an external grasping to do so this is very important now mm. as a young person that might mean that you go to a theological educate uh, uh, institution in mm-hmm. order to become equipped mm-hmm. and readied for a calling mm. which you are feeling inside of your heart mm. um there are many ways that we might mm. demonstrate that aspiration. Yeah. But the bottom line is calling will in, must always include yeah. this combustion, this mm. internal mm. motivation. Anything mm. less than that and we are not we are not walking in the spirit. And we must walk in the spirit. Mm. Yeah. Isaac, what did you um, want to add? Just something very practical because sometimes uh, we uh, here and goes back to what you were saying just regarding serving um, sometimes what happens is the the uh, I've had young people come to me and say like you know I feel cold and I want to preach you know and just they want to they want the pulpit next yeah. Sunday you yes, know yes. Um, but um, if there is uh, but they're not serving anywhere they're not uh, you know yeah, yeah. and so um, I think it, it's important that uh, that both the, as Mark uh, as was Mark said the, the leadership recognizes um, this also that you are serving uh, somewhere um, and and this becomes visible to to others uh, sometimes an aspiration just to be in front uh, that you might be confusing uh, yes. the call to just some a place of grand yeah. uh, appearance grand you know and and if if you think that yeah. pastors, yeah. the pastoral life is just the preaching life, you got it <laughs> no. so wrong. Pastors yeah. are the guys that are changing yeah. light bulbs yeah. and at the bedside of those who are sick and dying yeah. and uh, fielding questions all day long on WhatsApp and sitting yeah. in church council meetings, uh, yeah. ruling and you know uh, deciding on the business aspects yeah. of an organization they are those that are preparing to te- I mean if you think that preaching is the one hour that happens on the <laughs> Sunday you've got it all wrong friend yeah. the bottom line is <laughs> preaching is the 20 hours which happen during the week as you sure. ponder the text and as you scratch mm. your head and say like what does this actually mean and yeah. once you figure out what does it mean you, the, the amount of effort that goes into well how do I go about conveying yeah. that to God's people mm. in a way that they will understand mm. um, your uh, pastor is a tough tough role right. and you are right don't yeah. don't confuse aspiration with uh, with call and with combustion uh, Glenn is on fire today and he points us to a fantastic resource I don't know why I didn't think about it uh, Glenn thank you so much and that is lectures to my students by Spurgeon uh, lecture number two is the call to the ministry a very very helpful resource uh, Glenn uh, is associated and works for Macanio Theological College um, very regular listener and contributor grateful for his engagements and interactions um, maybe just to say a number of people have been greeting us while we've been online including Philoso, uh, who uh, says good morning Mark and those who are listening and watching uh, from Kuruman Northern Cape and then uh, I also saw that uh, Christian says listening to you brothers from Christian and Hammond's Kroll great to have both of you with us this morning I'm looking at the time it's 47 minutes past 10 we probably have time for one good question and answer and it comes in from Ishwa um, Ishwa long time listener and uh, Ishwa thanks so much for engaging with us this morning uh, you have one question in two parts and the first part is this is the gospel of christ the first four books of the new testament only or the entire new testament 
So that's the first question. The second question is, do we have a gospel of Christ and a gospel of Paul? Great questions, Ishwa. Are really great questions. Contemporary questions, because lots of people struggle with this. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Isaac. Uh, do you want to kind of get us started? Is the gospel the first four books of the Bible and nothing else, or is the gospel more than that, or is the gospel something more particular? And then, secondly, is there a distinction between the gospel of Christ and the gospel of Paul? Well, um, maybe can I start with the second one? Yeah, the, sure, um, just just to say that um, we shouldn't make a distinction in terms of uh, gospel of Christ and gospel of Paul, uh, because uh, both the letters uh, of Paul and and the gospels are have the same author, the Holy Spirit. Uh, he he breathed out uh, all scripture is God breathed um, and so um, there is there is no um, is there's no distinction in the sense that uh, both are 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 going to be conveying a uh, same message similar message uh, n- not in contradiction to uh, to one another yeah. yeah, and and let me add a whole lot of scriptures to that. So, Ishwa, there are so many examples of both Christ presenting the gospel and Paul presenting the gospel, and those two uh, gospel messages being aligned. Let me give you, let me give you Romans chapter twenty-four. Now, this is what Jesus said: the message, the good news, the gospel was to be. He's speaking to his disciples here, and in chapter twenty-four of the book of Luke, he opens their minds to understand all of the scriptures, and he said to them, them this is what is written that the Christ should suffer now mark that Christ would suffer Christ would die and on the third day rise from the dead mark that that Christ would rise Christ would suffer Christ would rise and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem Christ died Christ rose repent for the forgiveness of sins that simple that is the message that Jesus Christ wanted his disciples Mm. to preach to proclaim Mm. well listen to what Uh, what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians he says in verse 3 for I delivered to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins according with the scripture that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures Um, and he goes on to talk a little bit later in verse 11 whether then it was I or they so we preach and so you believed in other words this idea of Christ died Christ rose repent for the forgiveness of sins believe put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ was not just the message that Jesus preached but it was the message that Paul preached we found ourselves in Acts chapter 13 reading um, you reference Acts chapter 13 uh, the commissioning of Paul right. and uh, and uh, and Barnabas well Paul goes out in Acts chapter 13 and he ends up at a city called Perga uh, which is in an area called Pamphylia and there he preaches on a Sabbath day in a synagogue to Jews and if we pick up in Acts chapter 13 verse 26 the actual message that Paul proclaimed he said brothers sons of the family of Abraham and to those among you who fear God to us has been sent the message of the salvation 
So he's now talking about the message of salvation. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Listen to what Paul says. This is his first recorded missionary sermon. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not recognize him, it's talking of Jesus Christ, nor understand the utterances of the prophets. In other words, he's appealing to scripture, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. They condemned Jesus Christ. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. Jesus died and when they had carried out all that was written of him you will even notice that the language is similar to what Jesus used in Luke 24 as well as what Paul used in 1 Corinthians 15 when they had carried out what was uh, all that which was written of him they took him down from the tree and laid him in the tomb Christ died but that wasn't all that the gospel message was remember it was Christ died Christ rose repent for the forgiveness of sins verse 30 but God raised him from the dead Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We serve a risen, resurrected Amen. Savior. And for many days, he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news. That's the gospel. This is the good news. And Paul is proclaiming the same gospel message that Jesus proclaimed, that what God promised to the fathers, that he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus as also, it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you, as for in fact he was risen from the dead, and no more to return to corruption. And he talks more and more about this idea of, of Jesus Christ not seeing corruption, which by the way um, really references back um, to the Apostle um, Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2. He appeals to the same uh, lessons. Therefore, in verse 38 let it be known to you therefore brothers that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you christ died christ rose repent for the forgiveness of sins um ishwa it is a great question the short answer is this there is no difference between the gospel of jesus christ the gospel of paul and the gospel message that rings down throughout all the ages amen christ died for sins for sinners just like me and just like Isaac and just like you and he rose from the grave in victory over the dead it gets me excited every time I hear about it because he is the first fruits of salvation mm. and we are called upon to cast ourselves upon the person of Jesus Christ believe in him put mm. our faith and our trust in him and we will live Maybe the first part of your question is, is the gospel of Christ the first four books of the New Testament only or the entire New Testament? Well, the gospel of Christ, the gospels are called the gospels because they are the story of Jesus Christ. They are the eyewitness accounts of Jesus Christ. They are the message of the good news is contained in them in that the death and the resurrection of mm. Jesus Christ are contained in the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. But the rest of the Bible from Acts and beyond fleshes out how that gospel triumphed from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to all the ends of the earth. And then a series of letters to local churches to really tell them uh, to flesh out that gospel in more detail and to tell them how the gospel applies to all of life. And then finally, the great book of Revelation really tells us how the ultimate triumph of that gospel will happen when our king returns and establishes mm. his eternal throne. Can't wait for mm. that day. 
Uh, Ishwa, I hope that that answers your question. Um, we've come to the end of the show. Guys, there's a couple of other questions that are coming uh, coming in a little bit late. So sorry that we can't get to them. I will endeavor to answer some of them um, via written correspondence during the course of the week. But I do want to thank all of our guests who are with us today. That includes mm. Michael as well as Daryl and especially my friend Isaac. Isaac, mm. thank you so much for coming in uh, and sitting alongside of me. This um, is great. Thank I, you. I love you and I love your ministry and I'm so glad that we could interact together. Mm. Each week our prayers go out for the elders and the deacons who hold lines in local churches all over our country as well as for our missionaries who serve in foreign fields abroad. Our prayers for and much respect goes out to first responders, our police force, our defense force and for the those who dispense justice in our country for firefighters for paramedics for our nation's nurses and for other medical personnel as well as educators teachers and correctional facility officers you've been listening to table talk with me your host mark we are going to be going to new shortly and so until next week friday do walk wisely do live holy and do testify zealously to god's glory amen